Podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You know, folks, I was watching the other day the Star Trek movie Star Trek II Wrath of Khan, where at the beginning of the show, Dr. McCoy wants to help Captain Kirk, who is farsighted, he can't read without glasses. So, he w- But he can't have Retinax 5, which is this medication prescribed in the 23rd century to take care of people with eye problems. Now, I was thinking, yeah, I wish they had that now because I now have two implants replacing my lenses, cataract surgery, where they put a lens implant in each eye. Okay? And now I seem like a normal person, or as normal as I can get, which we don't want to argue about. And I was thinking, gosh, Retinax 5 would not have had to undergo this. As procedures go, cataract surgery is pretty minor, but still, you know, it's an operation. But of course, the real bionic nature of my life would be they have to replace a couple of heart valves. That's where I think even, what was it here? Captain Picard had an artificial heart, didn't he? Any of you Star Trek people out there know? Cheryl, Randall? Yeah, he did. Right, yes, he did, absolutely. Yeah, he got in some uh, bar fight or something when he was much younger and ended up needing emergency surgery. And so maybe that's why he never really liked kids too much. I I don't know. (laughs) Well, you see, but the point is here, I think in the 23rd century, they'd have that really down in a way that isn't there now. Replacing a heart would be such a trivial thing. It'd be done by machines. You wouldn't hear a human doctor. Or they can grow a new heart. You see, that's the thing I wonder about when we talk about future technology and if UFOs are from other planets. If the beings that power them are anything near humanoid, how far has their advanced technology taken them in terms of medical care? Could they just grow organs? Could they print them out in 3D printers or the 50th century equivalent? What do you think, Cheryl Costa? Oh I, oh, I think they could. In fact, there's evidence that some people are being worked on by the ETs. They make it look like it's our own process, our own medical process, but it's not. You know, I know of a guy who had, quote, out-of-this-world health care in terms of he had the equivalent to arthroscopic surgery done on his legs, but it wasn't done by medical doctors on this planet. Yeah, we've talked to Preston Dennett and brought that up with him as well. Because when we hear about a lot of the abductions in some of the cases, it sounds like the kind of procedures that they're using are relatively primitive, even compared to our own these days. And so we ask, you know, like, why do they do that? But then he brings up these miraculous healing cases where people have had doctors confirm that there's supposedly anyway thing you know serious things wrong with them and they have a ufo encounter and then it has all gone away i mean how do we explain that that's a tough one it really is uh, I, i've heard some very interesting stories about it um i dr um, burks and i were coming back two years ago we're coming back from the uh, ufo megacon down in uh laughlin nevada it's about a two and a half, three hour, uh, twelve passenger van ride back to Vegas to get a plane, and him and I had a three hour talk back there in the back seat about this stuff. 
Okay, both me as a journalist and the encounters I've had with people who have supposedly had out of this world healthcare, and then he he, he talked about what his experience was with talking to people as well and being a medical doctor and being able to be very smart about it. Well, this is really fascinating. You've got a, a, a book that we're going to get into talking about, Cheryl. Okay. Uh, so, you know, for our, our listeners, we've got Cheryl Costa on. We're going to be talking about her book, UFO Settings Desk Reference, United States of America, 2001 to 2020. But there's a lot more in your experience, Cheryl, than, than writing a statistical analysis, it sounds like. And I'm really... Uh, quite interested in this conversation you had with this doctor. Tell us some more. Well, you got to remember, I was a journalist for seven, uh, seven years, writing a weekly column on you on the UFO topic matter. Okay, and a lot of people thought, "Wow, it must be fun to write a column every week." I says, "It's a four, three to four hundred word term paper every week, <laughs> you know, and it's that kind of thing. You you, you got to turn it in by Thursday evening, so you're on Wednesday sometimes sweating it because I don't know what the heck to write about, you know, that type of thing." In fact, I never wrote about this topic, though I did research it carefully and interview a lot of people regarding it. Um, there's at least one individual that had a tumor that should have, uh, not a tumor, but a clot in his brain. And uh, the way it was resolved was it was broken up. But it was an extraterrestrial entity that was coaching his subconscious mind of how to get rid of it himself. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I mean, okay, so now we're getting into even like, okay, this, we've gone from sort of more or less mainstream ufology way out to the fringe all of a sudden <laughs> there. So, you know, in other words, okay, I can sort of... It's all I, the fringe, trust well, me. I, it I is mean, all I, the fringe. I, I guess so. Compare, yeah, when you when you talk to normal, so-called normal people, if there are, is such a thing, uh, we can... We can get our we can wrap our heads around the idea that interstellar travel is a possibility and that there may be craft that are coming here and that people are getting on board and having a procedure done. We fly airplanes around and fix people's eyesight for free in third world countries this way. It seems like a complete miracle, but it's completely understandable. And yet, uh, you know, the idea that, well, maybe we can just sort of telepathically fix someone's eyesight from a distance by telling them, you know, what herbs they should eat or something, that's getting out there. Yeah. You know, like that's a whole other level. Well, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No. Okay, another part of my life, I am, I am a rather serious mystic, okay? Retired magical priestess for 44 years okay had over 300 students in that time uh lived in a buddhist monastery for seven years as a sabbatical okay and um the mind is a very powerful thing okay and a lot of things uh, there's a lot of things in your body you can control with the right thinking but our Western, our whole Western culture is set up in such a way that um, you're constantly being, they, they want you, they want to distract you. Uh, I, I'm going to use a Christian term. The cell phone is the devil's toy. Okay. I mean, you bow your head to it 70 times a day. <laughs> and that's it's exactly not the devil's why. toy. I mean, Randall doesn't have one, by the way, just so yeah. listeners know. All right. Fine. I have one, but I don't, I don't live on it. 
Okay, uh, I, I have it only so my my spouse can get a hold of me, or if I really really seriously have to call for help or something like that. That's the only reason I have a cell phone. Okay, or when I was doing a lot of community theater, that was my office after four three o'clock in the afternoon. If you needed me, that was my office over at the theater. You know, but beyond that, I don't live on my cell phone like everybody else. You see, walking around with their phone in their pocket, and they're going to have a tumor. They're going to carry the women who are carrying them around in their back pocket. That's where they're going to have their tumor in a few years, because I, I was a hammer. I'm a ham radio operator. And I know the kind of damage pers- persistent exposure to very, very or ultra high frequency uh, or microwave frequency levels of RF radiation will cause. I've seen pictures where a woman who used to carry her cell phone in her bra caused a nice square tumor. Oh, okay. I, I completely like I'm on board with you there. Like I wasn't just being facetious. The reason I don't carry a cell phone is for a lot of the reasons that you just described, not merely the, you know, the cultural and the social distractions that it causes, but partly that as well. I used to sell cell phones at one time uh, in an electronics department, and I I've heard plenty of the stories, and somewhat ironically, that same organization that I worked for hosted a radio program that was a medical show where they had a doctor specialist, neurologist. Hey, let's do our break here and talk to our doctors. We're to come with Cheryl, Jean, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. It's about time for the 15th anniversary of Sunny Bay. And it may be our 15-year anniversary, but it's your chance at winning from weekly drawings in our contest for better health. We owe our success to you, GCN listeners. So as our thanks, you may win our grand prize, an Amazon gift card, plus Sunny Bay's complete set of superior pain relief products and services with a total prize value up to $4,152. How do you enter the Sunny Bay 15th anniversary contest for better health? Easy. Just click sunny-bay.com. No purchase necessary. Remember, there will be weekly drawings. Yes, it's our 15th anniversary, and it's your chance to win in Sunny Bay's 15th anniversary contest for better health. For complete contest rules and prize values, visit sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. 
Have you noticed how it dries your skin, and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam, meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com, keyword antibacterial, or call 877-878-4203. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veterans nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Anyone can fall victim to moving fraud. Know your rights and responsibilities. There was never really a valid contract. Movers must always give written estimates. I was bound to an estimate, but it was after the fact. Be sure that any document is complete before signing it, and that it includes information to determine the final charges. It was a version that I had not seen before. Visit protectyourmove.gov to download a free moving fraud prevention guide. Search for registered movers and view their complaint histories. Move with confidence. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So we have Cheryl Costa. We're going to talk about that UFO desk reference, the latest version published just this year with all those sightings. Right now we're talking about, I don't want to get heavy into the possibility of radiation from cell phones. I should say this, I very rarely use my iPhone next to my ear. I always use a speakerphone. That's just me. I use the little earphone thing with the hanging microphone, and I usually have it sitting on the table or something. Yeah, that's really smart. Just before the break, you know, just to finish up that point, the organization that I worked for, the, where I was selling these phones, hosted a radio program where they had a doctor, a neurosurgeon from California come up, and they were talking about exactly what you were talking about, Cheryl, the, the incidences of tumors. And this doctor, this is all he did all day long. This is how he put it. I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty accurate. He says, I pull tumors out of people's heads all day long that are on the same side of their head as they use their cell phone and they're all cell phone users. I know that there's no direct evidence, they say, scientific evidence, uh, it's correlation, not proven causation, but when you have that kind of an experience, it's pretty hard to ignore. Yeah, that's exactly it. They keep falling back on uh, correlation is not causality excuse. Yeah, just like fracking is, you know, oh, yeah, we can we can crack open the water table right next to the uh, the gas that's trapped in the rocks and your the water in your sink never used to light on fire. Now it does. But 
it's not the cause. It's just correlation. And we'll settle out of court, by the way, right? So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's this politicization of science these days that is really getting to me. And of course, it's the same with the pandemic, right? So anyway, way off topic now. So UFO healings, this is where we were before. Let's carry on with that. What about it? Uh, the, right. I, like exactly. I said, I had a three-hour conversation with a medical doctor about this topic matter based on people I had interviewed, people and people that he had interviewed, people who he had, he had seen before and after x-rays, that type of thing. Yeah. And uh, there's some amazing stuff. Um, you, also, you talk to some of the experiencers and, you know, they take them in and next thing you know, uh, Travis Walton, they found a, a rather interesting probe inside him down in his leg. Uh, I, I know other people, they've gone in. The, the doctor used to take a lot of that stuff out, passed away a couple of years ago, but he, I, I saw some uh, uh, documentaries about him down at the uh, uh, International UFO Congress a few years ago. Um, he was standing there in his office with a guy, and he says, "Okay, I've got this little RF meter, and I, the Joe, here's an X-ray of Joe's arm, you know." And he puts it over this this meter antenna. It's the kind of stuff ham radio operator uses, you know. And uh, we hung it over this guy's arm, and it was uh, there was something. In his arm, it was rating three three gigahertz, which is kind of like a frequency you might use to get to a satellite. And then they did surgery on it and took this organic thing out of him, and uh, it ceased. Right, you're talking about Lear, right? I, I think probably, right? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. There's some guy you never heard of, you know? Oh, just different another, doctor. Okay. Yeah, this. No, this guy used. What? I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, I can see him, but I can't remember him. But uh, but he sat there with the same kind of equipment that I have in my ham radio shack. Um, check this guy out, and every time you know, he had another patient come in there has supposedly has something in his leg. You know, they take, here's the X-ray, right? And then we, we sit there and run that damn meter down there. Oh yeah, thirty five hundred hertz or uh, megahertz. You know that a, type of thing. A biodegradable implant that emits EM. That's you know that is really. Quite remarkable. Well, I, it's organic. It was an organic implant of some sort, yeah. Yeah. I suppose we shouldn't be too surprised. I mean, our brain emits EM, and it's biological and organic. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's not like a there's thing. a lot of copper in our brain, apparently, like this, where most of the copper in our body is in our brain. And you think, oh, well, wiring, of course. Why wouldn't it be there, right? You know? Bioelectrical. Yeah, but you, uh, okay. I don't want to get into I don't want to get into the physics of our, our RF generation. <laughs> uh, I really don't. I've got that kind of background uh, in the Navy. I was a senior electronic warfare specialist, so I understood the schools they put me through. I understood RF from like DC to light. So it, it's, but it's in my past. I'd prefer not to talk about the technology. Oh, I, actually, I, yeah, well, that's too bad. I said, you know, kind of like think that's kind of interesting. If you have an interest in it, it's it's uh, pretty cool. And if you were in the armed forces, I mean, we've been hearing a lot uh, since this Nimitz encounter from people in the military who have had experiences. And I mean, I guess if you've never encountered other people in the service that have had them, there's not much that I guess maybe not that much point in talking about it. But oh, well, wait a minute. Let's go there for a minute. Um, sure. I was at Megacon uh, in 2019, it was February that year, and in the table in the vendor area across from us were uh, half a dozen sailors um, that had been on the Princeton, which was the radio, uh, radar ship, the advanced radar ship uh, associated with the Nimitz. And 
I had some very interesting, you know, uh, journalist type conversations. I told him up front, I was a journalist, but, you know, I'm friendly to UFO. And we, we talked about it. And uh, two of the things, they, most of these guys worked in this, the Combat Information Center, or what we used to call the CIC. And the complicated thing wasn't the UFO. The complicated thing was everybody who was on that watch in that advanced, very, very, very high-tech radar center. Not radar like I worked with 30 years ago. I mean, we're talking extremely high-tech radar. The stuff they told us was coming back in my day. Uh, and these guys had their reality rattled. This thing was real. It was out flying the, uh, the F-18s. Okay, this was real. They had disclosure by experience. Okay, and they couldn't tell anybody. So they come home. Their rea- their reality has been rattled, and some of these guys just were having difficulty grasping it. Of course, their spouses picked up on their nervousness, and in a couple of cases, the, the the commentary from spouse was, "Okay, who is she?" You know that kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. and um, but some of these guys almost lost their marriages because they couldn't go see a counselor. Nothing. This stuff doesn't exist. Oh, it's 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 top secret. You can't talk about it. Okay, and only in the last couple of years have you noticed how many leaks we've had from guy guys taking cell phone pictures of their radar screens or their infrared screens and getting them out to Jeffrey Corbell or somebody. And um, I, I think that's how we're kind of the Navy is trying to handle this. They're trying to get this whole uh, secret hush hush thing out of the way and saying, look, there's issues going on here. And one of the biggest issues out there, since we were talking sort of like the medical establishment, is a couple of years ago, me and a friend of mine who's a therapist, we wrote the local society, the New York State Society of Social Workers, not once, not twice, but three times, and told them, this is a real phenomenon. There are people who are touched by ET or even just have the experience of a real serious sighting and it rattles their reality and expands their, their view of reality. And it, and it, it changes you when you see something really, really verifiable or really, really out of this world, as they say. And um, they would not answer us. We're going to verify this, folks, and be back with Cheryl Costa and Gene. And with Randall... It means you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com.
USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. The Biden administration may be looking to enlist commercial airliners in the evacuations out of Kabul. The New York Times reporting that the Pentagon is looking into reactivating the Civil Reserve Air Fleet, which would bring nearly 20 commercial jets from up to five airlines into the efforts to get American citizens and Afghans with special immigrant visas out of the country. Civil rights leader Jesse Jackson has been hospitalized with COVID-19 along with his wife, Jacqueline. In a statement, the Rainbow Push Coalition said that the 79-year-old is being monitored by doctors and that Jackson was fully vaccinated, receiving his first dose in January. And parts of New England are beginning to feel the effects of Hurricane Henri as the Category 1 storm nears the northeast coast. New York City has declared a state of emergency with Mayor Bill de Blasio warning New Yorkers to stay indoors if they can as heavy winds, rain and storm surges are expected in the city. The storm is expected to make landfall on Long Island or southern New England Sunday afternoon. This is USA Radio News. The State Department said Wednesday that American citizens and Afghans trying to get to the Hamid Karzai International Airport in Kabul are being stopped by Taliban checkpoints across the city. The Taliban had previously made public statements that they would allow safe passage to those who wished to leave the country. Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman says that the U.S. is using all of its resources to put pressure on the Taliban to allow free passage to the Kabul airport. We have seen reports that the Taliban, contrary to their public statements and their commitments to our government, are blocking Afghans who wish to leave the country from reaching the airport. Our team in Doha and our military partners on the ground in Kabul are engaging directly with the Taliban to make clear that we expect them to allow all American citizens, all third country nationals, and all Afghans who wish to leave to do so safely and without harassment. You're listening to USA Radio News. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance or medical care, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-880-1896. 800-880-1896. That's 800-880-1896. It's interesting we bring up the Navy and, of course, the Nimitz encounters and everything, Cheryl, because it looks like, if you believe the Navy again, they were 144 sightings included in that Pentagon UAP task force. And then Mm -hmm. we look at the latest edition of that book of yours, where you have now 167,632 sighting reports. Now, obviously, that covers a wider area than just the U.S. Navy or NORAD. But still, it seems like a case of tunnel vision. Yeah, and it's bigger than that because only one in 250 report what they see. 
take that number and t- times it by 250. <laughs> It'll blow yeah. your socks off. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's oh. just before that. I, you made a couple of really interesting points. That okay. first of all, one of them was you used the phrase. I might have to be paraphrasing here, but uh, disclosure by firsthand experience. Yeah, and and that I think is really important because so many people, especially the hardened skeptics, dismiss firsthand experience as valid evidence, and I don't think that's fair-minded. And what it boils down to is that there are so many people now that know from firsthand experience that it's real that this whole disclosure thing to them is just kind of a moot point almost. It's like we already know. Which means they must already know. We're not so true what, believers. We're knowers. You know, yeah, exactly. So since we know and they know, so what is this little game they're playing all about then? Well, really? let me go. Let's go back a step. When people say to me, "Well, you're," you, I hear this from news directors, and you got that hundred and sixty-seven thousand number there. You know, but how many of them are credible? Well. Short of CSI evidence, I've got 167,632 eyewitnesses. Ask any court officer, an eyewitness account can still get you convicted in this court, in any court in this country. Right. But, I mean, it is actually a pretty fair question, though. So, like, I'm not sure, you know, the, the okay. methods we, you did we to have filter a, we them have, down. We have a method. All right. Uh, people would say to me all the time, they said, well, uh, did you, uh, this is a common thing people have said to me, the guy at Staples, uh, 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 the mailman, any number of people who knew we were writing this book. Well, did you take out all the quote? Did you take out all the kooks, nuts and crackpots? <laughs> yeah, because for them, that means just about everybody. But Well, OK, so well, let me explain how we did it, though. Yeah. Um, I ask a lot of people, like in social media, I was in a couple of really big groups. I'm no longer in, I used to be an admin in a couple of big Facebook groups. And I got a conversation going one day. It says, so what number do we accept? Is it Dr. Valais says um, 20% is good, 80% is noise. Uh, MUFON investigators will tell you somewhere between 20 and 30%, typically 30% is good. There are some people who want to take it down to 10%. And of course, I, there's that one group of people who uh, probably needs to sleep with a nightlight that wants to take it down to 1%, you know, because they're afraid that their things really are there. Linda and I did a different kind of criteria. And we came up with the 68%. So we, we tend to go with the idea that 30% is a good number. So let's do a little chalk talk here, okay? Let's take 70% right off the top of that 167,600, okay? That leaves us about 50,000 of that whole 20 years. Divide that 50,000 by 20 years, it leaves us sort of about 2,500 a year, you divide that 2500 a year roughly by uh, uh, 12 by like 12 months and it gets us down to a number of about 210 214 something like that okay what that is is 200 uh, let's assume that these that 30% are the real thing okay that that 211 are 211 real things for 240 months over the last 40, uh, last 20 years. If all states were equal, they are not. But if all states were equal, this again, it's a chalk talk. Divide that two, 214 number or 210 number by 50, it comes down to every single state 
over the last 20 years was having an average of four real thing event, exotic events a month for the last 20 years. It's still a big number, even if you throw 70% away. Yeah, actually, that is really quite reasonable. You know, I was going to go, uh, you know, I was looking back at the, the original Blue Book, one of their first analysis of their 1,593 reports, and they got down to what they called the unknowns at 26.94%, and you've taken it even lower than that. I'm thinking, well, okay, they had a lot of uh, reports that they just arbitrarily threw away because there was insufficient data. And so if you could say, okay, well, it, you didn't get to go out and investigate and talk to every single person and, and, and do the kind of work that Blue Book did for their cases. So you've just arbitrarily said, okay, let's just take that many and get rid of them. And you were pretty close to pretty close. To, yeah, I'd say that that's an entirely reasonable approach. Well, another thing we did it, with it, please understand, Linda and I don't do field investigations. We don't like ticks. We don't like cow patties. We don't like barbed wire. We don't like walking around in the mud. We don't like mosquitoes. So we're a couple of old ladies, and we don't like all that stuff. Uh, so in study, instead of studying an individual case to nauseam, let's call it an ant, okay? Instead of studying one ant, we decided to study the entire ant farm, okay? Take a big picture approach to the to, to the the culture of the ufos the as we said in our book we call it we, we measured the phenomena we can't tell you who they are we can't tell you who's driving them uh it, it might be government pilots it might be aliens it might be guys from lockheed it might be the teamsters we don't know who's flying them but we do know that these things are out there and there's 29 verifiable shapes and we've in this second in the second book we did a book in 2017 but in this second this book right now we did a very specific analysis of every single shape how many a year how many a month how uh, the, the hours of the day they appear heck some of these things only appear there some of these things have seasonal patterns who knew this before we came out with this data okay so case studies won't tell you that i think it's completely fascinating that you've done this and and i remember listening to uh, an interview with you about your first book and i thought why don't more people know about this and and pay more attention to it because it is it is really quite fascinating when you start playing with numbers like this and looking for patterns and you find them. Well, okay, Gene, I give you one answer. We're being sat on. Okay, there is a establishment within the UFO community that everything has to be a case study and just study down to the, the, the bottom. And it tends to be a good old boy club to some degree. So here comes, and back in 2017, here came a couple of gay women uh, trying to do doing statistical science and it just went over everybody's head and that, that was an issue and of course you know people were kind of all the trolley types are coming oh you didn't vet every single one of those hundred and twenty thousand, which is what we had in the first book okay and we basically said we don't have to there's a statistical wash that we know that there's a certain amount we we can get rid of okay um, hell, I, there, three and a half percent of people who fill out a UFO report don't fill in what the city is. Okay, fourteen percent. Uh, no, fourteen uh, percent. Um, go ahead and and 
make the entry, either they spell their city wrong or they do a thing like, um, you know, uh, uh, Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona, next to Joe's bar, you know, or something like that. You can't sort on a thing like that. <laughs> Being yeah, near Joe's bar, after you have a few drinks there, you don't know where you are. Or, now, or, or, I, I haven't been to Joe's be- bar, but I understand they make good pizza. We've got but Cheryl Costa get- joining us. We're looking at tons and tons of UFO sightings. And where they point to, what they point to. More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. That's Shop, S-H-O-P, Super, S-U-P-E-R, T-T-E-A, dot com. So the complete website is ShopSuperTea.com. Or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, California time. That's ShopSuperTea.com at 818-984-6100. 
The reviews for Extendivite are amazing. Amazon customer, it's amazing. I just ordered my second bottle. In one month, my blood pressure dropped significantly. I no longer get chest pain after I exercise. The reviews are spot on. My target is to get off of BP meds, and if it keeps going like this, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. Amazon customer, Extendivite works great. This product has made my blood pressure and cholesterol stable. I highly recommend it. Amazon customer, excellent herbal formula. I've been using it to keep my cardiovascular system fine-tuned. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Let me point out this is not product placement. I've never been to Joe's Bar. Cheryl, go ahead, please. Okay. The bottom line is is that back during um, the lockdown, uh, I had the idea of maybe start actually starting to work on one of the shapes, but we were going to produce a bunch of shapes books. So we were, had nothing better to do. It was watch TV, drink, or watch uh, streaming TV, or eat, you know. And we did our share of eating. We all gained about 20 more pounds. I thank God I have managed to lose all that 20 pounds. It's taken me the last eight months to do it, but I've managed to do it. So we were looking at the database, and at that time we had 148,000 sightings in the database. So it meant we didn't have 2019, 2020 yet. I got in there, and the problem is you couldn't sort on anything. Because uh, when you got down to the municipal or location level, and I make a distinction there, there are municipalities which are local governments, and then there are places where people report it from. I was at Joe's campground up in the such-and-such mountains. Okay, It's a location. So I, I refer to places as municipalities and locations so there was that and we had to correct it and looking forward to 2020 we said well if we're going to do that five-year update book we better fix this so i sat down with a golden mail list database and we arranged the fields so that we could merge it into ours. We changed the color and everything. We merged it in, sorted it in such a way that as we went down to every single city and every single state, we could easily just correct the spelling by you know dragging it in. And if the the county wasn't right or was non-existent, we could update the county. While we were at it, we added zip code and we we added latitude and longitude. Okay. That has also, adding zip code has added another dynamic to this whole thing. I, I sent Randall uh, a plot of the United States of UFOs by zip code. There's 42,600 zip codes, something like that. And we had UFO reports from about a little over 18,000 and a half of them. It's, what's interesting is when you look at a state, you do like Arizona. I also saw Rand, sent Randall the, uh, the graphic of the state of Arizona, and there's holes. Not every single zip code has had UFO sighting reports. 
So this is an interesting dynamic nobody knew before. Let, let me ask you a question when it comes to that. And those are really interesting pictures. I mean, it looks like people should be seeing UFOs everywhere, but we don't, which is kind of a, another curiosity. But uh, I'm imagining, because from the other statistics I've looked at over the years, it seems that the sightings do correlate highly with population centers. And so it's not just like these sort of mythology that you have to be way out in the middle of no place in order to have a UFO experience. Well, yeah, but th see, the problem is everybody used to, and I'm going to say it this way, used to knee-jerk on population, okay? We found out that there were five, uh, five principal drivers for UFO sighting reports. We also found that there were five secondary influencers, okay? Principal drivers are population, as everybody knows, uh, we discovered the next one, population and temperate weather. Uh, Linda discovered temperate weather back in 2016 when we were doing the first book. Population, temperate weather. Now, what does that mean? If you go to a northern state, there's more sightings in July and August than the rest of the year. The cooler months, it's, it's got a quiescent level, and those are usually your dog walkers and smokers. We suspected there was a leisure time factor involved. We couldn't prove it at that time then. We have since proved that. Uh, we have added hours of darkness, which backs up the leisure time issue. And then observer access to broadband. The reason some of the rural areas don't have as many sighting reports, it's that not that they're not getting sightings. They don't have easy access to broadband to report it. Oh, that's uh, a really good point. I mean, this, this brings up what we were talking about just a little bit earlier when you were talking about all of your statistics that Stanton Friedman used to bring up when he was doing his rounds. And of course, I'm sure you know who Stanton Friedman was. Is no, I'm well. No, I'm well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he would say when he would go out to do his lectures that he would ask how many people have had a UFO experience. And many people, because they were interested, would come to see him had had UFO experiences, and many of them would put up their hand. And then he would say, how many of you reported it? Yeah, one in ten. And, yeah. But there's <laughs> an issue there. Uh-huh. That the method they used there was not very scientific. Okay? Well, that's true. But, I mean, okay. it still kind of speaks to the yeah, it speaks. that, you know, that, that it, you're already being really conservative. I would tend to think that there's probably been a lot more really good sightings. Do you want the real number? Sure. What do you figure? Okay. When I first, I was doing some columns on this back when I first started doing my columns, uh, newspaper columns. The one in ten number didn't work with the amount of sightings we had. So uh, then somebody told me, well, it's one in ten sees them, and then one in ten reports them. So it was like what uh, one one tenth of one tenth, and that still didn't work. Okay, it wouldn't work with the real numbers that being reported. And then in 2017, Fox Pictures did a poll. It was the same kind of poll you usually get. 36% are, 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 are true believers. Um, 42 to 45% are on the fence. And 17% uh, thinks it's all hogwash. 80% believes the government's not being square with this. Okay, but they ask a question of how many people said they've seen a UFO. They came back with this number of 16.74%. And that's 16%. I mean, that's one in five people or one in six people, okay? So I didn't trust the number because I'd never seen it done before, and I wasn't sure about the metric, but I played with it, okay, privately. 
And then in 2000, uh, September 2019, Gallup Poll did a similar, the typical interview, and they did that measurement with how many people say they've seen one, and it came back with that 16% and change number, okay? So from that, we using both those numbers, we said, well, okay, this 16% seems to be something, so we went back in and cranked it, and it was a function of adult population, okay? Uh, adult population is about, se- uh, about 76% of any one particular state, typically, according to census, okay? So what we did was generally just throwing the number of the population, 70% of the population, 76% of the U.S. population, we got a number, a rough number. So what we did was we generated a table. We had the, we stuck all the populations, adult populations in and against their sightings. We already had the sighting data and we did it for every state in the country. And it was a bell curve. Okay, at one bottom end on one, at the bell curve, it was one in 150 people. At the other bottom end, at the other side of the curve, it was one in 450 people. But the lion's share of it was up in this bell curve, and it, it hovered in the one in 200 and one in 300, with 100, one in 250 being right at the top. I'm something interesting occurs to me here. We're looking at locations and how many sightings here, how many sightings there, how many sightings everywhere. Did you make any effort or were you able to do some demographic breakdowns? Do no, we see we any we, specific we, we didn't go there. racial, go. sexual no, age groups no, that we, we can look into? There. But something we did do, um, uh, we, we managed to get that... Again, it's a correlation. Proximity. Okay, these are the influencers. Proximity to large bodies of water made a major influence. Uh, my my other New York State researcher colleague uh, Thomas W. Conwell, uh, he took our original book, plotted the data on a big map on his wall. He destroyed the wall with the pinholes. Um, Proximity to toxic ecosystems. The ETs are extremely interested in our brownfields, our polluted lakes, very polluted lakes, very polluted rivers, um, dead mining towns, dead strip mines, uh, all uh, dead oil fields, uh, gas fields, all that kind of stuff. Burning coal, coal mines, that kind of thing. Um, and hey, the ET uh, experiencers keep coming back and telling us ET told us to take care of our planet. So they seem to be extremely interested in how badly we're treating the ecosystem on this planet. The other thing was proximity to geological faults. They seem to haunt the the um, the shaky fault lines. Okay, they're very interested in that. Uh, I seem to think they're trying to protect us from, uh, you know, monitor it for us. Um Oh, I, here's, here's a question. Sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt there. I mean, this is all really fascinating. And I mean, you cover so many things that I'm going, oh, we're going to have to come back to that. But while we're on this topic of, of uh, locations, one of the chapters in your book, and of course, this gets talked about fairly frequently, the 37th parallel oh, UFO yeah. superhighway. Yeah. Or is it a superhighway? What, t- tell us a little bit about that. Baloney. Okay. Let's do a break here, and then we'll continue. With Cheryl, Gene, and Randall, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. 
I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Angie's List is now Angie. Summer is the perfect time to book your next home project. From lawn care to a new patio, Angie makes it simple to connect with pros who can get the job done right. See reviews, upfront pricing, and instantly book hundreds of projects. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, we'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with our happiness guarantee. Check out Angie.com and for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm. Oh, whale! Guys, whale! Wow, whale. Oh, that's a big whale. Um, okay. Whale, whale, whale! Oh no, whale! The tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Get a quote today in as little as three minutes at progressive.com. Well, at least it wasn't a shark, am I right? <laughs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're breaking down this compendium that Cheryl and her other half did with regard to UFOs, UFO sightings desk reference from 2001 to 2020. Now, before we go on with the contents, did you and Linda do equal parts of each thing, or did you kind of assign certain tasks no, one or the other? No, 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 no. Okay, first thing you got to understand, Linda is the scientific brain. She's got all the science degrees, okay? She's a bona fide scientist, okay? She gave us the discipline and direction, okay, through all of this. Uh, she asks the hard questions, Okay, she's also the publisher. So while she actually organized the first book, uh, this one I completely put together. But when it got to the point where we were ready to publish it, I had printouts of all the chapters and I mean, we laid them out on the bed. We laid them out on the dining room table on the floor and she organized it and say, OK, this chapter is going first. This chapter is going second. You know, she's the publisher she, and editor. She wrote the prefaces for it and everything uh, and gave direction to the last steps of publishing the book. Me, I got the arts and entertainment degree. I've got the degree in entertainment writing and production, and, and I went to film school. So I've got the top hat and the cane. I'm the person that has no fear in going in front of 5,000 people and giving a presentation at a UFO conference. Linda's a little bit more reserved about that kind of thing. Yeah, so. just just a little. I mean, I, I did, you know, I, I'm pretty sure in our invites say that you would both have been welcome on the show, by the way. So 
I have not heard a, a, an interview where you both are. We've done about three with this book. We did maybe one or two. Here's the problem. We had a guy, there was a guy on another network that wanted to interview her. Because he'd had me on several times for two hours. I said, okay, um, if she'll do it, fine. Please understand, you're going to get a very different interview. And she shoots from both hips with machine guns, you know. And <laughs> she gave him a very different interview. She was the scientist talking about this stuff. Okay, very different kind of interview to talk about, especially her attitude about about the ludicrousness of the, the truth embargo and all that kind of stuff, you know. So uh, and the fact that the scientific community is, um, you know, I've, I've tried to show this thing, my data, my book to academics and they're acting like the people back in Galileo's age. They will not look through my telescope. They will not look at my book. Like it's going to contaminate them. So is it the belief that they think it's ludicrous that what I got in the book? Or is it they're afraid to look at my book because it may change their worldview? Wow. Again, so many <laughs> things in there to unpack. Oh, this gets complicated. This isn't just numbers. <laughs> this gets really complicated. Well, uh, let okay. me tell you a little. I can tell you a story real quick you'll like. All right. Okay. It has to do with the uh, UAP thing. Okay. Uh, UAP report. I, I got kind of ticked off about it. So I found out who the heads of the Senate in Select Intel Committee were in, in Congress. And I also found out who some, somebody that was reasonable to talk to on the House Intel Committee. Okay. One of them was a New York State representative, and Rubio was heading up the thing at the Senate. So we put together two five pound packages. Uh, the book weighs two and a half, uh, 2.7 pounds. And I gave Senator Rubio a print. Tech, Florida is the second state with the most sightings. They had um, 11,043 uh, in the 20 years. So we printed out every single sightings shape by zip code. It was an inch thick. We had to get it printed off over at Staples and put it in a three-ring binder. When We had to send it in a box to them. And we gave them a very terse, three, a, a third of a page or two, half a page cover letter that said, okay, so you know, if you decide to have congressional hearings, we are the two national experts on UFO statistics. Feel free to invite us to your hearings. Yeah. And yeah, we did the same the, uh, thing with the guy from House. Uh, right. Okay. So? Who else are they going to call? We were told that in 2020 by the inside usual suspects, okay, if there are hearings this year, which they told us might happen because they knew the Rubio's bill was going to get – was a, a rider he was going to attach onto some bill that had to pass, like the COVID bill, okay? And uh, uh, they said, you know, you guys have done the only statistical work since Project Blue Book 50 years ago. Um, you're to go to people for this stuff. You know, are you prepared to testify before Congress? And we, we wrestled with it and it says, that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. But please understand, we're both former government contractors, and you try to get through your entire life and your career without testifying before Congress. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, but at the same time, a lot of this that has come out, what has come out is because it was part of the system, part of the DOD or whatever the case may be, and they seem to be excluding a lot of the civilian efforts so you know i don't know if that's intentional so that they can well, arbitrarily exclude it or if it's, yeah. they just don't have time for it 
well, actually, there's two levels. I talked to Lou Alessandro about this a couple of times when I interviewed him a couple of times. And uh, there was a process, there's a thing called posse commentatus, where the military is really not supposed to be involved with stuff inside our country. I'm not talking National Guard, but I'm talking the regular military, okay? Right, yeah. Uh, so under Title 10, they're really, they're, they're not supposed to go out and look at MUFON data. They're not supposed to look at National UFO reporting data. Not officially. No, they can't use it. So they can only really monitor the stuff around their bases and around the fleets. Now, a lot of people say, hey, did you correlate your data around the military bases in the United States? Well, since the end of the Cold War in the 90s, uh, most bases have been downgraded. The lion's share of bases have been downgraded to Air National Guard and Reserve bases. Only your handful of active bases and the Navy ports and the fleets have the advanced, eh, but the ET doesn't like the advanced nuclear technology. Okay, and that's what they're really interested in. That's why they were shutting down our silos. They're really, they they really look at us as a bunch of primitives with a big box of matches, and they they are really scared of us because we got these nukes. Um, so the bottom line is, uh, uh, I just lost the train of thought. There, it was some. I just well, lost we're the talking about the, the the difference between civilian and military. Okay, in terms military should be doing. Yeah. Now, now, if you believe. Two, there's two stories. You have to figure out which one you believe. When Dr. Condon did his stuff, his thing back in '68, the thing to Congress, he said, "There's no reason to fund any research about UFOs. There's nothing substantive can be learned from them." Okay, and that shut all money on. There was no money for government agencies who do research. There was no money for academics who do research. Okay, and unless it all went dark um, uh, into the black projects. Uh, there, nobody's been looking at it, and it didn't surprise. Now, here's the thing that's telling: when the Navy people started having trouble with it in the early 2000s, okay, um, there's a whole bunch of smaller intelligence, military defense intelligence agencies. They all look at different things. Had any of those things that the Navy saw had anything that suggested Russia or China? They would, all these intelligence agencies would have been all over it like flies on poop, but they didn't. They nobody wanted to touch the stigma, so they ignored it. Oh no, pilot, we don't want to hear about this. You know, finally, Navy intelligence stepped up to it because it was their pilots who were calling, who were having problems with all this stuff. Even Lou Alessandro told me, if it's our own stuff, you would think they would tell us from a safety standpoint they shouldn't be flying flying as close to our stuff as they were. You know, so it just this didn't ring right. So I told a lot of people in my attitude, I think when we were all waiting for the big report to come out, I think the government knows less about it than we do. I got the impression here (laughs) that with the government and you work for the government, you know, this a lot better than I do. If something comes in there, it doesn't fit within the four corners of their assignment. They will do anything they can to pretend it didn't happen. Thank you. They don't want to get involved. They, and so when you say there's a truth embargo, it may not so much be a truth embargo as an inability or, or deliberate non-concern about what's happening. Don't hit us with that. We don't want to know about it. Just forget about it. We're well, not going to forget about this, folks. 
We have Cheryl, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. America, do you want to win the spiritual war against the demons currently attacking our land? Step one comes from the Bible. Lay down the law by resting on the law and do your resting on our pillowcases printed with His Ten Commandments. Find them at ProjectPillowTalk.com. Don't sleep on this message. Go to ProjectPillowTalk.com or call us at 877-289-7439. When you call, ask to receive another powerful spiritual weapon, free, a CD packed with the secrets of forgiveness using all the instruments of praise written in the Bible, free with your order of our Ten Commandment pillowcases from ProjectPillowTalk.com. Shipping is free too, so call or click 877-289-7439 or ProjectPillowTalk.com. Get your Ten Commandment pillowcases for only $29.95 per set and watch the darkness flee from the light. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625 800-503-8625 800-503-8625 
Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. But what this would mean here is that all of those of us who suspected the government has lots of secret information about UFOs, They'd all be stuck in old boxes or in computer floppy disks from those days. There really isn't a central place that has a lot of information that they've assembled over the years that points in any direction. What do you think? Okay. I asked Lou Alessandro about that uh, because I worked with highly classified material at one point. And I, I asked him, I said, did you have the authority to pick open some of those compartmented data areas right and he said yeah i did you know and if you've ever seen the guy he's got that very stoic look right and i I said was it worth the read and his face lit up like a kid on christmas morning and he said yeah it was i said because i'm not probing you for what you read i know you can't tell me but i just wanted to understand it now were you able to get at all of them he says no there there seemed to be some filing you know, if you're trying to hide something, sometimes if, if you do the intelligent thing, but you file it spelled wrong or you put it under something else, okay? You say UFO came down and set the lawn on fire at this, this house. Okay, so we'll file it under lawn fires, okay? Uh, okay, okay? Th- this drives me crazy because Gene and you are kind of on this one side of the fence, and I am completely – on the other side of the fence, I, I'm going, oh, yeah, well, if they do that, then they must have had a reason, and somebody directed them to do that, and I'm, therefore, I'm there, with you. there is somebody behind I'm there, the scenes. I'm there with you. Okay, look, in, in the shadows, to, directing this. It goes back know? to Truman. And that's establishing the uh, NSA, establishing the CIA, and basically, you know, the MJ-12, all that stuff. There has been a concerted effort to put a lid on this thing. Anybody who was really really seriously touching this stuff guys like uh, guy, travis walton for one thing they, they went out of their way to debunk that guy okay yeah, they did um, a pretty good job too i'm you know you're not you're not going to convince me that travis walton is genuine sorry <laughs> but well <laughs> that's okay. just me well the bottom line is is that they go out of their way to do things okay and going from our reference points here, um, I'm on a show like with you, and if I say if I say go into certain areas as topic matter, suddenly my internet connection goes flat out dead. I'm on with a telephone talk show host from a from a, a real radio station, so to speak. If I get into a certain subject matter, boom, the phone goes dead. I mean, dead. Well, okay. we know that they monitor all of that. Yes, they key, do so, for but, keywords. You know. Yes, yes, but okay, let's go there for a moment. There's this whole thing. There are people in the government that have been wanting to. This is something that's been held secret for way too long. You talk to Steve Bassett sometime, he'll tell you this. There's guys, there's people in there who want it out. 
But there's a problem. When that whole UAP report came out, what was what a lot of people don't know is there's a war going on over at the Pentagon right now. There's the camp that doesn't want it out, and there's the camp that does. It's a big deal that they're, they're going through this big churn over there. But as you know, they still got their fingers into people in the media. I can't get anybody to interview me. I send them their numbers for their state right down to the damn county level. If I know the name of the city of the newspaper or the radio station, I give them the numbers for their county right down to the municipal level. And they ignore me. We have one group that's in favor, another group that isn't. What does the Pentagon UAP task force report, the interim report that we all read, what does that show, if anything? It sounds like this is the easiest way to kind of just set it it aside. Congress got a 75-page classified report, okay? And in the unclassified report that we all saw, the words security and threat were used about nine times each. That's enough fuel to give the chair people of these select House Committee of Intelligence and the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence the fuel they need to hold congressional hearings. Right, but the problem you have with congressional hearings, for the most part in this country, as you know, is you bring on people there and they try to ask legitimate questions. And then we have people who fancy themselves as comedians, real bad ones. And they get up there and they just rant and rave about some political point, totally illogical, totally unfactual, and they will do everything they can to obscure the message. So I don't know whether someone like uh, Marco Rubio will be serious. I think he is. I think he's making an honest effort to try to get information. But we can mention another Republican, Jim Jordan, If he is on the committee that might be holding these hearings, he'll make it some kind of sick joke. Or make a circus out of it, yeah. Right, he'll make a circus out of it. And how then, with this history, can we depend on congressional hearings to be anything that will be informative? Back in the 60s, as I recall, and I'm an old guy, who's going to be bionic soon, I guess, that then I thought they were serious. Nowadays, it's half and half. You have some people asking real questions. Others are going to be talking about little green men walking well, down their okay. lawn or something. Okay, you've got the other aspect to this. If they do have congressional hearings, and a bunch of us are very think this is probably going to happen. But the problem is, is how it's going to be made up. Are they going to talk to us, who, who uh, those of us, and there's a lot of them very smart. Is it going to be like the citizen hearings that Bassett did years ago? Are we going to have a mix of, of military types and the civilian researchers? Or is it going to be a parade of swaggering pilots and uh, former uh, defense intelligence spooks? You know? What we're getting are the pilots and the defense intelligence spooks. We have the former heads of the CIA. We have Chris Mellon, who yeah. worked in the Defense Department. And Rand we've got Cliff. the guys involved in Nimitz. We've got Gary Voorhees, all these other people. So you just named them. Yeah. Well, think about that, too. But, you know, like I said, I've reached out to all these newspapers and basically – those of us in the UFO community are still the unwashed crazy masses, you know. Um, uh, we can trust those pilots, but even the, the UAP report threw the pilots under the bus to some degree and threw the technology under the bus. 
you know um it was a very very bad ap- uh, approach that they used because the technology these guys were working with like that radar ship on the princeton um it, that is that is like the leading ed- edge technology for this stuff and and they were trashing it and that is that is so wrong you could have maybe said that 60, 70 years ago with the type of radar we had back in those days, that stuff we got now is is just foolproof. They sit there and say, well, oh, it's a radio shadow, you know. Uh, well, okay, so, I, you know, I did some looking into that myself as well. And we'd had, we've talked to Gary Voorhees here on the show as well. And it's conceivable that the, what they were picking up on radar wasn't an actual Object. If you actually do some some research into it, you'll find that that the Navy, the Department of Defense, they're spending millions and millions more than that. I don't know, hundreds of millions probably now, on radar spoofing technology. We're going to spoof this first, and we'll get back with that. More to come with Gene Randall, Cheryl. You're in the Paracast. Listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. U.S. defense officials are looking for alternative ways to get evacuees into Kabul's airport after a threat from ISIS on the airfield. NBC News reporting that officials are tracking threats from the terror group against the airport and the people trying to get there. About 6,000 U.S. troops are currently on the ground in Kabul to protect the airport and those coming to be flown out of the country. The American embassy in Afghanistan warned Americans in the country on Saturday to stay away from Hamid Karzai International Airport because of the potential threats just outside of the evacuation zone. And at least 10 people have died and dozens more are missing after heavy flooding in Middle Tennessee. Humphreys County, Tennessee, about 60 miles west of Nashville, saw more than 15 inches of rain, causing flash floods and washing away homes and roads. The Humphrey County Sheriff's Office saying that people have been rescued off of their roofs in the towns of McEwen and Waverly. This is USA Radio News. The Food and Drug Administration is expected to give the Pfizer COVID vaccine full authorization. The New York Times reporting that that could come as early as Monday. All three COVID vaccines in use in the U.S. have so far been administered under an emergency use authorization from the FDA. Former CDC Director Dr. Tom Frieden says that getting full FDA approval could encourage more people to get the shot. 
He tells CNN that it may also remove some of the hesitancy around vaccine mandates. I think that will uh, answer some questions that some people have who, who may wonder what an emergency authorization means. So full authorization may be helpful for some of those who are on the fence about whether or not to get vaccinated. It's also going to be helpful for some institutions that were hesitant about mandating vaccination. And the fact that it will be fully approved makes them less hesitant to do that. And we're seeing in more settings, whether healthcare or schools or workplaces, that mandating vaccination, mandating va- masks is the way to get back to an economy. You're listening to USA Radio News. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. Have you been diagnosed with cancer? Are you one of the millions who have taken Zantac or other generic versions of this popular drug to help treat stomach issues? Then pay close attention to this message. The FDA said it detected low levels of a probable cancer-causing chemical known as NDMA in Zantac and other generic forms of this popular drug. They've banned sales and even removed it from the market. If you've been diagnosed with cancer and you've taken Zantac or a generic equivalent, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now. 800-998-7173-800-998-7173-800-998-7173. That's 800-998-7173. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So if you're just tuning in on some of the radio stations that carry the Paracast in addition to the podcast version, Cheryl Costa joins us. She's co-author of the second edition of the UFO Settings Desk Reference. We're talking about the Pentagon, the Pentagon UAP Task Force, and because she's had a military background, intelligence background, she knows whereof she speaks about what's going on. Randall, you had a point to make that you want to continue now? We can pick up on that. So we were talking prior to the break about the reliability of radar and how modern technology, there's always the spy versus spy thing going on. So if you've got some kind of technology, there's always going to be somebody trying to figure out a way to fool it or spoof it. And they've got very sophisticated radar spoofing technology out there. Now, the thing is, if that was the case with these sightings, then it would have to be not something civilian or accidental or anything else. It had to be deliberate. But who was doing it, nobody seems to know. So that kind of leaves us with the question, you know, where did that originate from? There, there was plenty of incidents where they went to try and find these objects that were on radar, but they couldn't be seen. But then there were cases where they could be seen. So how do you explain that? It's okay. all very curious. There are things that are outside of our vision range. Remember, some of these things are only seeing on infrared imaging. Okay, a lot of people get cell phone pictures that they didn't see the uh, the thing out there in the sky behind the family by the pool. But when they look at the picture, there's the thing because the the cell phones tend to be able to see down into the infrared range a little bit. 
Well, to some degree, I guess it depends on their sensors. But I and mean, I can't he, talk about the the spoofing technology. I can't, I can't confirm or deny because it's what I used to do. Right. Well, yeah. You don't worry. You don't have to because like you can find out quite a bit about it if you you just have to know where to look. So I mean, we you know we know for example that the radar that was back then, and so now. Who knows for sure what they've got these days. But, I mean, even back then, it was so sophisticated that the radars from those kinds of systems could bring up a profile. Not just simply def- define, you know, tell you that there's something out there, but they could tell you what it was. They could identify an exact model of an airplane. Yeah. I was taught that kind of skill in the Navy. So, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, they can't. You know, yeah. But, you know, people say to me all the time, I know two rocket scientists, and one day they had me and said, oh, Cheryl, you know, we can track a baseball at 250 miles out. How come we can't see these UFOs? And I said, wait a minute. We have stealth technology that takes a, a thing the size of the B-52 and makes it on radar appear like the birds and the bees. If you think we've got that stuff, you don't think they, they've got that capability? Yeah, stealth technology is a really good answer. I, you know, if I had to choose on, you know, is it stealth technology or not stealth technology? Do UFOs use stealth technology? I'd have to say, yeah, they use stealth technology. They can make themselves visible or invisible at will when they want. There the, is that, one shape that does this regularly. It's called the changing shape. Dr. Villay, I didn't know about it until I heard it, Dr. Villay on uh, Coast to Coast one night with George Knapp. And he talked about the fact that they would put their cameras on a particular type of UFO and then suddenly it looked like something else. Now, is it making it appear to be our shape or is it projecting telepathically and changing what we perceive in our brain? You know, mm. think about that. It might be an AI ship that knows psychically we were looking at it and <laughs> makes us not, not well, see it. Remember, you don't see with your eyes. You perceive with your eyes, but you process with your brain. Right. Uh, you know, I know that's all interesting to get into, but I try to go with the simpler explanations if I can. And I would go with the idea that what they're using is a form of active camouflage would be the, the term. And that means that, that they can technologically manipulate the appearance of their craft to look like whatever they need it to be. I tend to agree with you. You know, that's not to say that, you know, there's plenty of instances where people believe they've been in some kind of telepathic communication, but, and, and that may have something to do with it as well. But if, if we just want to stick to nuts and bolts for the sake of plausibility, it's pretty easy to imagine that that kind of technology is possible. I, I, one of the things that bothers me about with that kind of technology is that uh, – I'll give you an example. There's a, a shape out there uh, that's called the fireball, okay? And a couple of people that I talked to, the more we do- talked about them, it's almost like the fireball itself is not the craft but um, something to distract us from what the craft is. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I com- I think I agree-, I agree with you on this completely. And I was about to ask you just at the end of the last point we were making there then, if they don't have to reveal themselves, why do they put on this light show for us? And then play this cat and mouse game. Okay. But never, there, but there never is a give us the goods. You know? There's a reason. There's a reason. Okay. What do you figure? Okay. The fact that we get to see these things. When someone sees one of these makes their reality a little bit more elastic 
And in a sense, that person, if once they've seen something, they cannot explain away. They're now an experiencer. Not all experiencers have been taken up in a ship. And I think E.T.'s been trying to open people's reality view up a lot. Okay? And, and, and let them see things so that their reality, they're open and accepting uh, or knowing of, of what's going on. I'll give you an example. I did a, I interviewed a bunch of people for my column once. There were like 10 of them. They were up fishing up in the Adirondack Mountains, okay? We're not ta- at a lake that had no cottages on it or anything. It was just a big lake up there in the mountains. And something came down. Four or five of them saw it as a technological vessel. Uh, three of them saw it in kind of a cartoon, abstract context. And two of the individuals were staring right at it and couldn't see it. See, if, you're, if your brain isn't wired to process it, it ain't going to deal with it right, properly. It's not going to analyze it properly, or it might not even see it. And there's there's well, documentation and, 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 okay. about not being able to recognize something. It's okay. unexpected. For this case, though, let me uh, just a couple of quick questions on that one, because I've heard these claims before. And so uh, now you said there were five people. They had different experiences. Now, were they all in a group at the same location? There were 10 of them together. Like in a group at the same location, or yes. were they kind of yeah, all no, around? No, no, the, no. they the were lake, all or? right there at the fire. They were all around the fire, fire that night. Oh, okay. So they were observing from more or less the same point of point. Same okay. point of observation. Okay, that's interesting because in, that wasn't clear in a lot of the cases because you could say, well, okay, say if there was. Uh, four or five of them on one side of the lake and another four or five of them on another side of the lake that didn't see it, even though this they were looking the right. Case. Yeah, then, then you could say, well, okay, if it's some kind of active camouflage, then they were revealing themselves to the ones on the one side of the lake and not the other side of the craft. But this is a lot more curious when everybody is looking at it. It, it, it talk implies... To any, talk to any cop. They will tell you at a crime scene, 10 people saw something different. It, it implies there's some, well, not just our own misperception of the thing, but it implies almost some kind of like direct mental control. Well, wait a minute. There, there's well, a how do we explain that? There's a phenomena, and this is well documented in, in psych, human psychology. It's called the unexpected, uh, unexpected, I don't remember the proper name, but it's the unexpected syndrome. It's a shorthand for it. They did experiments like there was a school basketball game going on and somewhere in the middle of the game, um, a big play was going on and a guy in a gorilla suit ran across the court. Nobody saw it. Yeah, that's a little different than if you're all standing outside by a lake and a UFO comes down and hovers over top of you. Yeah, but remember what I'm telling you about (laughs) some people are not wired to see it. You know what? Let's get into more of this about what we can see and can't see. With Cheryl, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Millions of Americans are preparing for food shortages. No wonder, with increasing bizarre news headlines, water shortages, and the trucking crisis, we're seeing the early warning signs. Food shortages can happen overnight, catching you completely by surprise. That's why it makes good sense to secure some emergency food kits while you can. Emergency food that stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage, unlike grocery store food that goes bad fast. The company to trust is My Patriot Supply. We've served millions of American families in recent years. Our food kits give you over 2,000 calories a day, which is what your body needs under stress to survive. We ship fast and discreet to your door. You'll have your food within days, too, not weeks or months. Our mission is your survival, and our food could definitely be a lifesaver when the peanut butter hits the fan. So don't wait. It's time to act. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day, but supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veterans nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD.
this is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Cheryl, if I understand what you're saying here, people not being wired to see it, is that something unexpected? If you're busy watching the game or something and some really crazy, wacky thing goes on, it may totally be ignored by you? Yeah. Uh, Okay, give me an example. Have you ever run around the house looking for your car keys and there they were right there on the coffee table? I'll give you a story, which is one I've talked about on the show a couple of times. I no longer wear reading glasses because of the cataract surgery. But I put my reading glasses in front of my printer. Now, my printer is to the left side of my desk. There's a there's a office jet printer there on an old Apple LaserWriter print table to give people a picture of what it is. And I stuck my reading glasses there. And then I couldn't find them. And I asked my wife, where are my reading glasses? And she says, I don't know. I don't do anything with your reading glasses. She's not the kind of person who would hide them. If my son were here, he'd pull something. Obviously, a little dog didn't go looking for my reading glasses. Didn't see him. Then one day, I turned to the printer. I'm always looking at the printer because right now, the way my desk is situated, the way my mixer and my console and my computer and my mic are situated... I look straight ahead, and there's the printer, and there are the glasses. I've run around with my glasses up on my head, and I can't find my glasses. You know. (laughs) Well, that's just something personal. (laughs) Well, no, but no, but the thing is, you get. I'm sitting here doing these heavy crunching numbers things, right? I get up to go to the bathroom, and I come back, and I can't find my glasses, and don't realize I got the darn thing sitting on top of my head or hanging hanging off my shirt, you know. Oh, sure. Well, occasionally, I mean, I had one that happened to me not too long ago is um, my vision was getting kind of blurry. And I was like, oh, where is my glasses? And I'm looking around for them. And then I realized that the reason my vision is blurry is because I need to clean the lenses. And they're actually I'm wearing them, you know. So, yeah. OK, so people's people can can miss things. But I mean, I, I guess it all depends on if this object that these 10 people saw, how close was it? If it was some vague light off in the distance, well, maybe some people's eyesight just weren't that good. If if it was as big as a bus at the end of your driveway, well, that's a different story. And that's about the situation. It was probably, they, they said it was less than 25 yards from them and it was huge. Okay, so now my mind is going. Oh, okay, so did somebody, you know, in the in the party, dose the punch with, you know, some LSD or I can't, something? I can't. I can't go there, <laughs> because that, well, now we're going into the ludicrous. Okay, no. Well, no, this has happened with people before, though. I mean, it's yeah, actually right. happened. So, right. but I if mean, you want to write them off like that, write them all off like that. Well, no, no. Cooks I'm a believer. No, I am a believer. I've seen them myself. So, I mean, I'm just saying. Okay, but. It could have been the case. It's happened before because how, you know, otherwise, then we start looking at, okay, people who have either serious visual perceptual problems or psychological problems, or there's a direct manipulation of people's consciousness in some now, way, shape, or form. We can go there for a minute. We can go there for a minute. A lot of people who are touched 
are not being dragged up into some ship someplace. Um, there's two phenomena as we seem to be going on. There's one phenomena where the, the ET can just open up a portal into your room, in your bedroom or something. And the other tech, the other uh, phenomena is that they're just going into your uh, psychically going into your consciousness during your your REM REM REM, time, REM sleep time, and and um and putting you I'm putting you through a you know, a holodeck sequence, if you want to call it that, in your mind, you know, controlling your dream. Um, and that there seems to be that phenomena as well. Interesting. Okay, now I'm thinking MK Ultra or something. What if these people are all, you know, victims maybe, of some yeah, experiment? Maybe, you know? maybe, maybe. Is that, because, I mean, it, I know it sounds way out there, and it, it, it does, you know, when I say, you know, it could be drug-induced, it does sound dismissive, but you have to remember that you're talking to somebody who knows about the history, knows what the government is capable of, has seen one himself, and I'm not simply a wide-eyed believer. I, I know because my girlfriend and I and myself saw one, and it wasn't even one of the really spectacular ones. And so what am I supposed to say? Oh, well, the three of us are the only people in the world telling the truth about this? That would be the height of egotism. There, there is just no way that you can start to say that everybody else can be written off except yourself once you know the thing is real. Which reminds me, apparently, you saw your first UFO at the age of 12. Let's, you've got to tell us about that. Well, uh, it was a late August afternoon, a couple of weeks before school started. Um, been a wet year. Corn was higher than my father's Chevy Impala. And we were coming down off a hill from my uncle's farm. And my mother had my father stop on the dirt road. And it was clear blue sky, western sky, pointed at something. And there was just like a um, big silver ball parked out there like a rock. Now, she said, you, you know, it could be something the Air Force is doing. It could be something. It could be a weather balloon. It could be NASA was only like five or six years old at that point. So this could be NASA, you know. And then she like said, how big? Um, hold your arm out and look at your little fingernail. Okay, so like out in the field at, at a distance, would you say it was as big as a car or it was? I could. I said. It's out in the sky, and oh, okay. if you hold your arm out, it's as big right. as your little finger. Uh, okay, so we don't know for sure how large it was. Okay. No. But uh, when we got down, we got my father got back on the road. We got down to the bottom of the hill, turned left to head back to our hometown. I crawled up in the back window of that big old Chevy Impala. Remember, it was really big windows. I love those cars. They were and, great. I had one, in fact. And I, I just sat there with my chin on my, on my fist saying, who are you guys? Who are you guys? And and when it decided to leave, it was one of these things. I didn't see another effect anywhere near this until years later, like nineteen in nineteen ninety two or something like this. Like well, the like one of the Star Trek movies, you know that that take off and then you know vanish in a point, you know uh, that type of thing. It was like phew, gone, and that affected me. You know, it really did. And the other sighting that we had was six years later uh, at that point. Uh, first thing, that, that sighting drew my mother and I together. We started getting books at the library and bookstores and things and sharing them. When Von Danigan's book, Cherry of the Gods, came out, I was in like 11th grade. She dog-eared on the top. I dog-eared on the bottom. The book was destroyed by the time we got done with it. 
um, I went in the Air Force coming out of coming out of high school, and when I was in, I volunteered for Vietnam. And when I was in Vietnam, Christmas Eve, nineteen seventy one, a friend of mine and I were walking down to the base chapel to you know go to midnight mass, something to do, and um, we had one of those very clear gazillion stars in the sky kind of thing. And we saw this thing streaking across the sky in a Western sky. And then it, you know, first instinct, ah, jet, you know, and then it stopped. And my friend said, jets don't stop and helicopters don't fly that fast. And then I said, if that's what I think it is, it's going to dance around like a fairy and it downed if it didn't. And then phew, gone. Uh, neither one of us had our minds at midnight mass, believe me. Yeah, that's we we've heard a lot of accounts that are very similar to that. It seems to be one of the most common kind of accounts, and they're very difficult to explain in any conventional terms that that I would be aware of. Ex- except maybe now, if you've got some kind of high tech, military grade holographic light projection technology, you could probably do it. But I mean, you know, what's the likelihood of that? Especially back in those days. Okay, in 2012, June of 2012, I was working for a newspaper. I wasn't a writer. I was in the tech department, and I made the plates every night. Okay? So um, I parked the car in the garage, and I had this little ritual. The sky was clear. I, after I closed the garage door, I'd stand there and look at the big, the, the big Dipper and the Northern Star and all that kind of thing. It just kind of clear my head you know, from a busy evening. And I was standing there doing this, and... Suddenly, I'm hearing this pulsing humming sound, and I started noticing that the stars were being blotted out in like a V formation. Next thing you know, this thing is over me. This thing had to be a football field long, two, maybe three stories deep. It turned out later, there was a red light on the bottom and then these three kind of glowing globe things on the back. And uh, I, I, you know, shock and awe kind of thing. And it seemed to be moving about 35, 40 miles an hour, leisurely going off towards the northwest. Let's do our break here, Cheryl. Go ahead. More to come. Football-sized object. Oh, boy. With Gene Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. 
Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at ImmuneSupportNow.com. That's ImmuneSupportNow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Cheryl Costa, description of humongous, slow-moving object. That's got to be overwhelming. It was a big triangular thing, a football field long, red light on the bottom, three glowing globes in the back, this very persistent pulsing humming sound. And it was just leisurely moving along. I went inside, sketched it the best I could, wrote down the time, all that kind of stuff. And I didn't have the courage to file a UFO report, even though I was very well read on the topic matter. I just didn't have the courage to do it at the time. A year later, I'm writing a UFO column, but at that time I didn't. When I started writing my UFO column, I was looking through some National UFO Reporting Center data, and by golly, a nurse on the coming off shift about 3.30 in the morning on an opposite hill here in Syracuse reported it. You know, and she's looking over from the opposite hill, and she could see it going off to the northwest, you know. So that, that gave me confirmation of, you know, wow, you know, somebody else saw this thing besides me, so... Okay, so, you know, my, my skeptical brain goes to, okay, slow-moving, fairly quiet, but not entirely quiet, craft, lighter-than-air craft. There are some enormous lighter-than-air craft, not just your simple Zeppelins and either, that, different that's, shapes. That's been, that's been proposed by three aeronautical engineers that I know. So, you know, I, I, I simply tell the story, if you want to debunk it, feel free to debunk it. Well, we have to consider the alternatives, right? Like, like, what makes you think that that craft was something alien as opposed to something that we've made, but just you know, highly unusual for you to see it? And I ask the question seriously. I'm not. I'm not being a debunker or trying to. I didn't to say it was from another dimension. I didn't say anything. it was from another dimension. I didn't say it was from another planet. I simply told you what the shape of the bloody thing was. Oh, that's okay. it. Okay, well, people will have an impression. Like, did you have the impression that you were looking at a mothership, or did you have the impression that you were looking at uh, something, you know, some sort of man-made craft? I don't know what it was. Not since that time, I've had people tell me that, that there's a possibility we, our government may have developed a kind of a stealth technology, you know, like a helium-filled 
thing like that that, that could fly at extremely uh, very very slow speeds very very low altitude type of thing that could go in quite literally at treetop height and not be detected by radars and things like this yes that's entirely possible and i've talked to some military pilots who said yeah that kind of thing could be possible but we've never heard of it was your impression of it something out of this world or or was it just, just kind simply, of just from my impression was it was 3.30 in the morning, it was shock and awe. That's all it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, there was a kid up in Herkimer, New York, a few years before. It was in the middle of the winter. A lot of snow on the ground. He took his snowmobile over to a friend's house down the road at another farm to work on homework. And he was coming back. His snowmobile began sputtering, and it quit. Suddenly, it's dead. He doesn't hear the noise of it. And he hears a pulsing, humming sound. And it blotted out all the stars. And he saw essentially the same thing. It was something I read much later. When it went over the power lines, the, the um, not the regular power lines, but the state, inner, 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 uh, the, you know, the grid, um, electricity was arcing up to it. Oh, that's really interesting. Like, um, because I, I find this quite But I can't sit here and go through the debunking with you because I'm not here to debunk. I'm here to tell you about 167,000 reports. Right. Okay. Uh, this is, is, is a fascinating experience. And, and people ha- react differently when faced with these experiences. And, I mean, if you don't mind, I find it very interesting to see how people react. Like, we have talked to... Many people on the show who have had experiences. I get sick well, of being needled about it. That's why oh, I, no, I'm, I'm, I don't normally oh, talk about it. I get no, sick of being needled. Hey, I'm not needling you. Just like like I'm very interested in your reaction because of the types of reaction that other people have. People are always asking me, why didn't you pull out your cell phone and take a picture? I was too overwhelmed going, oh, my, you know, that yeah, type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that, that we had, for example, Preston Dennett, one of our other favorite guests, on, and he was out with a person who said that they could uh, make it make it so that they could see a UFO if they go to this particular area, and one would appear. And so he, he took them up on the offer and went out there. And we're talking about a pretty seasoned UFO investigator and author. And the same thing happened to him. This, he said this golden orb was in the forest, and he was so overwhelmed, he even had his camera with him and didn't think to take the picture. And, and so this seems to be one of the things that happens with people. Is they Frequently, become, yeah. It, it becomes like a deer in the headlights kind of thing. Like, I mean, with something moving at 30 miles an hour, I'm not sure what the roads were like in your area, but, I mean, you could have followed it with your car or whatever, you know? Like, But people, just for whatever reason, they just they don't think of doing that. And I'm just kind of curious why, you know? If it had been – upstate New York is hilly, okay? To try and follow it, I would have to uh, work through a whole bunch of residential streets to to try and get out to a main drag to try and make any kind of attempt to follow it. And I'm not going to be watching the road. I'm going to be watching it. I would have been in a wreck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if I, we were out on a long country road with a long, empty road out in the desert or something like that, yeah, I can see chasing it. Um, uh, you know, um, 
Bonnie Zamora did that back in the 60s. But um, this is other people have reported things like that. But in my case, I was just coming home from work, standing or looking at the sky, and there it was. And me and yeah. Dave Marler had a long talk about this, and he's the expert on triangles. Well, you're not the only person to have seen these large craft either. And even in your area where you saw it, there's you know there's the Hudson Valley sightings and and all the rest of them. So I mean, these large craft seem to be part of the picture. And if we go back to Stan Friedman again, he'd say, well, yeah, these mother ships are very real. And what we're seeing with the smaller ones are some kind of shuttle or probe or something yeah. like that. Would you like to know about shuttles, probes, and 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 uh, mother ships? Sure, absolutely. Okay. All right. Here in America, we have this attitude of uh, people, reporters come to me and, you know, they don't, you, you probably notice a lot of them, you know, the first thing you leave to is aliens, you know, where are they from? What do they eat? You know, um, but no, I had, uh, I used to hear people say to me all the, what's the number one? What's the mega sighting thing we have at the light in the sky guy? And it's not that big a deal, you know, um, but I had a reporter come to me when that picture came out couple months ago from 2019 USS Omaha had that infrared picture of a sphere okay and right I had a, yeah I had a reporter call me up from the west coast and say hey are spheres a thing and I said yeah it's the number three silhouette that's reported I mean there's a lot of them I said seven in the last 20 years 17,150 and, uh, and the guy about fell off his chair again even the reporters are believing these things are rare okay Right. Yeah. Uh, Actually, that's interesting because um, you're obviously more updated on the stats. But you know, back going through all the, the books and stuff that I've got, most of them say that actually spheres were the most common. I think, and then the triangles came along, and I'm not sure how that worked out. But please continue. Okay. So let's let's go there. So everybody was always big into these big numbers. What's the most prominent thing? The the truth is in the tiny numbers. Okay, and I found a shape that is so down, so far down on the graph, it's all you can't hardly tell its profile number on the chart from the line on the bottom of the graph. It was so small. So we did a report of just that one and blew it up. And this this particular shape only had about 35, 40 sightings a year. Doesn't sound like much. Hell, I showed it to a couple of people. Oh, Cheryl, that's not a trend. Okay. We're taking apart the numbers here, trying to make sense of UFO cases, what it means, and the specific things about them that are worth checking further. Cheryl, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code 
legendary to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Traders, listen up. As life in America starts to return to normal, are you looking for the best trading opportunities? With the current real estate market, the rise of crypto, and the volatility of tech stocks, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 to learn how our technology analyzes over 1 million data points per day. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 so you can learn how to predict market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Whether you're trading stocks, options, forex, futures, or crypto, Vantage Point's patented artificial intelligence can give you a massive edge. Text MONEY to 813-813 to find out how to maximize your gains. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 to learn how to use the volatility to your advantage. Don't wait. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 now. By texting in, you consent to receive calls, voice, and text messages using automated technology regarding offers by or on behalf of Vantage Point. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. It's been tough talking to my doctor about constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. I finally laid all my symptoms out there and how they keep coming back. She said I may have irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. We agreed it's time to try something different. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Visit a doctor in person or online. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? It only takes about 30 seconds. The MacTech Carbine Upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com.
So, Cheryl, you're talking here about a little over three dozen cases with this particular shape? Per year. Okay. Okay. About 30, 40 a year in the early 2000s. You know, when everybody was going home in 2014, the sighting numbers were falling off by 30% a year. And they tanked by 2017, 2018. It tanked. There's a six to eight year cycle with the UFO sightings. They go up and they down. They go up and they down. About a six to eight year cycle. Okay. And Before you go on, let me hit you with that. Back in the 50s and 60s, we talked about UFOs and a seven year cycle. Yes. Which appeared to happen until it didn't. Just pointing that out. When we did the first book, people said, why? We only did 2001 to 2015 in the first book. People said, why didn't you go back 40 years? Okay. Well, we did sort of for this book here. Uh, we wanted to answer that question. And we uh, we got the data from MUFON and New Fork, just magnitude data. We didn't care about shapes or stories. We just wanted to know dates and times. Okay. The bottom line was there was our little six to eight year cycle up and down, up and down like a little snake crawling across the lawn. And then when you showed that 40 years worth of sightings, when it got to 2000, it added up to only about 13,150. I've got that much on two th- in 2012. People talk about the 30s, uh, about the 40s, 50s, and 60s being the golden age of UFOs. Baby, we are in the golden age of UFOs. Okay, that's okay. something okay. to keep in mind. Okay, this let's go back to that shape. Exactly, that's where I was going to say. Hey, let's not forget right. about the shape. Well, you got me off on it with the cycle. All right, <laughs> okay. and we don't want this so, show to get out of shape. Somebody was asking me at 2017 MUFON convention as well. Everything, everybody's gone home. You know, everybody. You know, maybe Space Force chased them away. Yeah, right. Okay. So the bottom line was, I said, well, what if I told you everybody's gone home except three shapes, and they're on the increase. And they said, what? Whenever this one shape shows up, that 30 to 40, in fact, right now, at that point in 2017, it was up to 100 a year. Okay? Whenever that shape shows up, teardrop and egg shapes show up. Frequencies that would suggest that they are sport craft. So if this acorn Saturn-shaped ship, which is like the one the Japan Airlines saw in 86, it was a half a mile wide. It's a mothership, and the teardrops seem to be the teardrop shapes seem to be a shuttle ship, and the egg shapes seem to be little scout ships. And their profiles of appearance, while more in volume, are consistent with the uh, Saturn shape ship. I, I find it really fascinating that you've done this comparison of shapes. What about the little tiny UFOs that people? I mean, people have reported them all the way down to like the size of marbles. And they can flit around and they glow and they they are not insects. I have are, I have no data on that. Oh, okay. You know, some of them are very very small, and then they go all the way up to these gigantic motherships. I guess that I have no data on the little the little things. The little tiny ones, yeah, yeah. There have been reports of those as well, and most of them have been spheres as well. Well, another thing we've identified with shapes, especially in the new book. The charts aren't all in there because we're going to produce a series of something we're getting ready to do. Um, If we had printed all the data we have about every state right down to the municipal level and their shapes, uh, the book would have been about 7,000 pages deep, about a foot, six inches deep. Okay, we can't do that. Yeah, but you've probably got this all on some kind of computer database, though. That would be pretty fun to have a look at. 
Well, it doesn't tell you anything. We only keep what, when, and where, and what shape. Time. We don't keep the write-ups. Okay. Right, As but a, even the where. Like, how about urban sightings? Like, right in in the middle of cities. Forget them. Forget them. Forget oh. them. What was I telling you? I forget. Um, we both. <laughs> we're both. Like, our minds are going to all these different places. Well, you distracted well, we were me. Talking, it was we an were important talking, point. We were talking about waves and the different. I told you population is a driver, but one of the things we've done by because we added zip codes, what happens is if you look at it just plotting it out by dots on a map, it, it all seems to concentrate in the in the bigger metropolitan areas. But when we put con, back in the 2017 book, when we put county data to it, suddenly we were here in New York State. We were seeing clusters where we never had seen them before. And I was showing this to old time old timer uh, MUFON investigators. Okay, say so we didn't know there was a cluster there. We didn't know there was a cluster there either. Right? You know, and it was because we added county data. So everybody says here in New York, oh yeah, it's Erie Frontier, uh, Lake Erie effect. Oh yeah, it's the Hudson Valley. Well, the ground zero for UFOs in New York State is Suffolk County, Long Island. Who knew? But when you put county data to it, and nobody did, but us, that's what shows up. Now that we've added zip code information, what we're able to do is Areas that are in the suburbs and away from the metropolitan area, little towns, little villages, and lots of unincorporated little communities, suddenly their reports show up. And suddenly, you by plotting a zip code, you're starting to see something that competes with a major metropolitan area. Okay, because you're doing it, you've got a way to fence it in without going up to the county level, which tends to include the big city. So that's something we've perfected. The other thing we've done is, uh, well, the bottom line, oh, I know what I was telling What we were getting ready to do, we can't do all the states and all the information we want to share. So uh, over the next 18 months, we're going to publish 50 individual state books. They're almost as thick as this new book, but it's got just the stuff for that one state. So there will be 50 individual state books, and we're going to do 29 shapes books that are probably just as thick. And it, it, we're printing out all the data, okay, and correlating it and compiling it and everything. So we're going to be – over the next 18 months, we're going to produce 80 books. It will be the largest compilation of compiled UFO data ever published in human history. And that's only just in the United States, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's only USA. I, I, I don't do the other countries. Can't get the wow. databases. I've reached out to people in Europe. I can't get the databases. Yeah, you, it, that, of course, you know, and then the U.S. gets being criticized for being so, you know, U.S.-centric. Well, I mean, what about the people in your own country then? Get it together and do the work. I mean, this sounds like a, a lot of work. For you guys to have to do well we, we've remember i was trying to tell you linda and i are both former government contractors okay and the first rule of government contracting is do as little work as possible so the idea is that when you learn to do something for your customer you develop a good process procedure so the next time you do have to do this thing it's easy to do okay and, and keep refining it okay it gets easier and easier we didn't know what we were doing back in 2016 when we were building the first book. 
Okay, how to do it. Things that took us two months to do then, I can do in a week now. Things that took me a, uh, a week to do then, I can do in a morning now. Okay, process, cleaning up the data, processing the data, organizing it, and merging it into the database. Let's do our break here, and then we'll continue with Cheryl, Jean, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. As Dr. Wallach says, we all have nutrient deficiencies in our diets and must supplement with 90 essential nutrients in proper balances. At no cost or obligation, get a personal certified holistic health coach to help you develop a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL-90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL-90. USA Radio News. I'm Brad Bernards. ABC's Martha Raddatz interviewed Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin on This Week. He says we're going to look at every way to evacuate Afghanistan. And and that most capable military in the world is going to make sure that our that airfield remains uh, secure and safe. We're going to look at every way, every means possible uh, to get uh, to get American citizens, third country nationals, uh, special immigrant visa applicants. Uh, into the airfield. Bipartisan lawmakers with military backgrounds on Friday took part in a roundtable to discuss the situation in Afghanistan, urging the White House to extend their evacuation efforts beyond the Kabul airport, while arguing the August 31st deadline was helping fuel the chaos on the ground. The president faces growing criticism amid a flurry of reports and images of pandemonium and occasional violence outside Kabul airport. This is USA Radio News. Multiple House Democratic centrists have fielded calls from their caucus's campaign arm that they took as a warning they would be cut off financially if they opposed the party's $3.5 trillion budget framework, according to two people familiar with the conversations. Nearly a dozen members are demanding to first vote on the Senate-passed infrastructure bill. A Colorado black father delivered a stirring speech denouncing critical race theory during a school board meeting last week. Derek Wilburn stole the show and garnered a standing ovation from other parents. I'm neither oppressed nor a victim. I travel all across this country of ours. And I check into hotels, and I fly commercially, and I walk into retail establishments, and I order food in restaurants. I go wherever I want, whenever I want. I am treated with kindness, dignity, and respect. After the rousing monologue, the board members voted to ban critical race theory in the school district. This is USA Radio News. We are GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. We've got listeners. Lots of them. Around the world, around the clock, our listeners do what listeners do. They listen. And you know what listeners got? Needs. 
Needs for your products, your services, and money to buy those needs. With our network of over 1,000 radio stations, streaming on the web, and our satellite transmissions, we're reaching our listeners with quality conservative programming. But there's something our listeners don't have. Your offer to meet their needs. Any business needs buyers, but if our listeners don't hear your message, they're still going to buy what they need, just not from your business. So let's fix this. Tell us about your business. Then let our super creative department go to work to craft just the right message for our GCN listeners. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Cheryl Costa is explaining how she was involved in this project to create a huge database of sightings. Go on, please. Okay. In 2016, when we were writing the book, people asked us how long did it take us. Well, we said 18 months. But in, in time-wise, we logged our time. And again, it's a habit. Defense contractors do because you bill your time. Uh, we logged about 2,000 hours. Now, I got to qualify something. Remember I told you I, I had to sit down and correct the spelling on the database for the cities, that type of thing. Uh, that augmentation process started in the second week of August in 2020 and finished the first week of January. I was putting in a five-day week. It was like going back to work at Lockheed again. Okay, I was putting in a five-day week at, at like six and a half, seven hours a day making these corrections to the database, okay? When we were done at the second week of January, I started working on the new book, the pink book. Make a note. Why is it pink? I'll tell you why later. It took me only 750 hours with Linda's time even in editing. It took us only 750 hours to do this this book, and it's actually bigger. But we've got a refined process. Now, this process allows us to be able to generate these state books very easy. The trick is you start, you build all these charts, you burn them into PDFs, and then you organize them like blocks into one big PDF, and then you publish the PDF with the book. And that's how we're doing it. It's a very, very rapid production process. So like I said, over the next day, the hardest part is sitting here making sure the charts are correct and, and putting headers on each page. That's the, that, that's the time-consuming part. That's fascinating, really. I mean, the, the idea that something like this could just emerge you know randomly out of society is just absolutely astounding in a way when you look at the scale of it and think of all the work and the time and what it represents what are some of the insights that you've got that are maybe were or are a bit unexpected for you during the process of doing this well one of them it's not in the book but it's going to be in the 29 books we're doing our shapes a majority of the shapes have seasons, times when there there's less of them and times when there's more of them, and it's pretty consistent. So uh, that that blew George Knapp away when I told him that we were noticing that there's seasonal differences with certain shapes, and that was kind of interesting. And it's a lot of things, and all this research I'm doing presently with the zip codes, we're, we're seeing some amazing stuff there. Not every state has a, con- a, a uniform concentration of certain shapes. Okay, certain shapes tend to dominate down in the south. 
in the southwest of Florida, that type of thing. Some things are we only really see the majority of them up in the northern states. It's 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 weird. So this is some of the cool stuff we're doing. When we do these shapes books, we're going to be able to literally drill down. There's 33 shapes in the between the databases, but three or four of these things are like NA unknown. Those kinds of categories are not actually a definable shape, but the 29 definable shapes, we're going to build a book for every one of them. We've heard in the past that there are people who would you know, love to see this kind of a database be, be made publicly accessible somehow on the internet where people could go in and enter in, in search parameters and so on and and use it for study. Is, is that a possibility or? No. Okay. No, so. It's proprietary data, and I got two attorneys that will tell you that. Because, see, it's not just the raw data. You can, you can go to MUFON and Newfork and get that data. Okay, that's mm-hmm. the raw data. You can get that data. What we've done with it, we've built algorithms into the data. That's it, This is big data we're talking about. And this is what Google does. This is what Amazon does. You know, the, it, We've built our own algorithms into the data. So I just can't give you that because that's the proprietary secret sauce. There's data we produce that is not in the raw data. Right, but I, I guess that's separate from the idea of oh, giving it sh- away for sharing free. information. Oh, with the, everybody's you know. been asking me to give it away for free, and I say, "Will you come over and mow my lawn?" No, well, you want me to give my labor away for free? Between both books, we got six thousand hours into this thing, and people want me to give it away for free. No, I'm not. In fact, I hit somebody last week wanted me to make the whole thing available on the Internet for free. We told them not no, but hell no. Okay, now I've got a situation right now where I'm probably going to be part of a national television series. Okay, regarding this topic matter. Okay, and my entertainment attorney in L.A. has got very, very strict instructions. They will not own the rights to my database. Okay. We're real touchy about this. This is proprietary stuff. I can here. tell. <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, it's just, I mean, you know, I, you have every right to be that way with it. And I think it's just, we're fortunate enough to have you do all of this work and make it available to us in the first place. It was just, most okay, people, most you know, people, I'm just putting it out there. Okay, okay let, me, let me explain something. I've had a lot of people come to me and ask for the database. And I said, well, what are you looking for? Well, you know, I want to see what kinds of sightings were in there. The sighting data is not there. We took that out. It was the first thing we filtered out of the database material when we were sanitizing it. It's too big to maintain. So we got rid of it. All we were interested in was what uh, what shape it was, date, time, shape, city Location. and state. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Okay. Everything else we 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 generate we extrapolate um, uh, based on the the, the core data. And uh, people seem to think that we've got this this plethora of uh, great sighting stories. No, there's nothing there. there. We don't have that. We we only kept the raw statistical data. You can't do statistical stuff with stories. There's no anecdotals in our database. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just we could say, okay, well, you know, if, if other people might have other variables that they would like to see 
added into the database. And I have know, invited people. If I, I had a guy came to me about a month ago, and he said, "Hey, do you have, can you correlate it to this?" I, I, oh, it was catastrophes and disasters. And I said, "I'll make you a deal. Here's the columns I want you to put this into. If you guys will go, if you will, you and your friends will get together and look all these catastrophes and things up by date." Uh, date and time, state, whatever, all the states affected, and put them in the columns in a spreadsheet uh, <laughs> and, sh- and share it to me. I'll I'll link it to my database and I'll give you all the reports you want. Well, yeah, we, you know we it, can't do that. That's too yeah. much work. Exactly. Ah. You know, isn't it great how people always have these great ideas, but nobody wants to do the work? There's, <laughs> there's a saying in statistics: just because you want a statistic doesn't mean it exists. Yeah, you got to go out and do the work. You got to get it. I mean, it's. I guess there's not really much of a point in asking you then. Well, uh, you know, for example, well, wait when a we minute. talk about waves. For example, hold, hold your thought. Hold your thought. Okay, sure. I have told people. In fact, it's in the book. We give them a special email called reports at CherylCosta.com. If you want a specific type of report run, I'm happy to run it for you. But wow, I'm not going to give you my database. I have had one request in six, seven years. Mm-hmm. No, that's good to know, though. I you mean, know, I, yeah, I got a plot that I do, and I offered it to, let's see, um, 2019. I was speaking at the MUFON convention. They set up a special presentation for me to come in and talk to like 150 MUFON investigators. Because some of them were there for their 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 re-upping, their training, and all that kind of stuff, right? And so I got to talk to specifically MUFON investigators, and I told them I can run a chart that will give you in what in twelve pages it will give you sighting counts day by day for every year of the database. It's twelve pages, one page for each month. It's got the day the days the days of the month going down the left hand column. 20 years going across the top, and what's going down in the number is the raw amount of sightings per day. In the United States, there's an average of about 25 sightings total a day, as little as 23. I've had seen as much as 200, but basically, it's about 25 sightings a day for the state. Let's break here, folks. With Cheryl, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast dot plus to learn more about 
Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com, that's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com, or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Hi, this is James Fox. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Breaking down some fascinating statistical studies of UFO cases across the U.S. with Cheryl Costa. One more segment, then she, I believe, is going to hang with us for after the Paracast because I've got about 20,000 questions to ask her. Okay, one of the things we put in the book is we did an averages thing. Give you an example, Arizona. Arizona had, over 20 years, 65.83 for sightings. Okay, that breaks down to an average of about 329 a year, 27 a month, and about six a week, and maybe one a day. And we did this for every state. 
In fact, it's on a header of a header page for every state. Plus, we have a report in the back that puts it all on one page for the entire United States. The amount of sightings on an individual day is not that big. And for most states, it's only one or two a day. Arizona is a big state. They're only averaging about one a day unless there's something special. This day-by-day chart I was just explaining to you, I can go down and I can see clusters on it. I'll give you an example. April 16, 2008, Indiana. Indiana averages about two sightings a week. And on this particular day, nationally, instead of 23 sightings a day, suddenly there were 60. I did a breakout report for April 16, 2008, and all the other states that were listed were onesie twosies. Indiana had 25 of those 60. Okay, when I did a deeper one in because I got county data, it came down to two counties and all the site and they were adjoining counties and they had a cluster event in those two counties and about 12 municipalities. And I've identified probably 150 places like that that you've never heard of that had a a one day flap. I talk to television producers all the time and I tell them this. But can we still go to Roswell? It's like talking to goldfish. It really is. We wanted to do a show. We proposed a show to one network called UFO Roadshow. We go to some of these places that have had these, and they're usually not big metropolitan areas. Some of these places are not much more than a cattle crossing with a, a general store that sells hagen dust and a VFW or a Grange. That's about it. What we wanted to do is send an advance guy there, put some advertising out, give a presentation down at the down at the VFW hall about it kind of like I do at UFO conferences invite people to, in to see it and then did anybody remember this event from 2000, April 16 2000 and you got a built-in casting call for people who are going to step up and see the camera and say yeah I'll tell you what I saw that day that kind of thing producers are going blue 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 that sounds like a pretty good idea to me you know that reminds me of like what Chad Lewis is doing you know, if you've heard of him, and he goes out and and investigates all of these obscure places where these strange things have happened, it's a perfectly viable way to create a show. I, I can't see why anybody wouldn't jump at the chance, especially you would think with so. the kind of you information so. that you've got going there. Sounds good to me. You know what's happened in the last year or so, uh, especially since we came out of COVID. Streaming went through the roof during COVID. So all the major big players started buying up streaming entities. In one example, uh, let's see, Disney bought the Fox streaming fu- functions. Discovery bought Science Channel and Travel Channel. And different other ones picked up different things. One of the people who's working with me, they were talking to me rather regularly. And about four months ago, nobody would take my phone calls. They were under a restriction. They couldn't talk to anybody. And they got picked up by a major entity as well. You know, they called me up about two weeks ago and said, hey, we're back. You know, we are now under our parent company is da-da. And I'm going, oh, my, isn't that impressive? We'll see what happens. I got two different producers who've got options with me to do shows fueled by our data. With all this stuff that you put together, thousands, hundreds of thousands of sightings, what do you think at this point you've learned that can help us solve this mystery? Um. That's tough. Um, uh, we've learned a lot. We, we, we learn where they hang out. We, uh, we learn what seasons they hang out in. Um, you know, uh, that's all the easy stuff. People ask me all the time, where's the UFO hotspots? And my answer is, 
Um, is there a specific state, a specific city, a specific county, a specific zip code, a specific shape, a specific time of year? It's not as easy as saying, if you go to this hill, you'll see them all the time. You know, No, it's not like that. I, I tell people, if you really want to see a UFO, go to Los Angeles County or, or, or Maricopa County, uh, Arizona, which is essentially Phoenix. Maricopa County has more sightings than 33 individual states. L.A. County has more sightings than 39 individual states. Okay, so being there, I live in Maricopa County. I live in UFO Central then. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Phoenix is number one. They're never around. When I look, they're never around. When they see me, I think it's a conspiracy. I'm not being serious. I'm not being mysterious. And therefore, when I look at it, I don't see it. I mean, literally speaking... When we had the Phoenix Lights, what, 1997? And while that was happening, I was sitting here at my desk. The same desk, by the way, that I have here now. The same desk with different computer, writing a book on technology. Flying out there, didn't see it. That's what always happens to me. That just makes the, the point that we started off way back at the beginning of the show where People actually have to put down their phones and their technology and go outside. Thank you. And look up at the sky. Look up at the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's E.T. Coming home from work in 2012, I had just closed the garage door and went in the house. I would never have seen that triangle. Yeah, I'm, you know, it's, I, I do something very similar. It sounds like I'm not sure if, you know, you say you have this little ritual, but I kind of do the same thing. When I go out to my driveway to get into my car, I stop for a second and I have a look up at the sky to see what's going on. And I've seen some things that are kind of like, well, okay, that's not exactly a UFO hovering over my house, but that was kind of weird, like whatever that was, you know? People just really need to be more observant about what happens. I was in the middle of downtown Calgary when this International Space Station came over, and it was one of the times when it came over during the daytime, but you could see it because it was so reflective. And I kid you not, I was the only person standing on the street downtown looking up at the sky watching it go over. Everybody else was walking by oblivious like they were in the Matrix or something. Yep. What's worse is I see people walking in the street, and I used to learn... As a kid, look both ways when you cross the street because there are a lot of crazy people there. And certainly living in the (laughs) Phoenix area, living in New York, living in a lot of different places with a lot of wacky drivers, you have to be safe. Instead, they're looking right down at their phone. It could be an iPhone. It could be a Samsung Galaxy. They're looking down at their phone. And you think, wait a minute, I'm driving and I want to make sure I don't hit anybody. But they're sure not making it easy. Cheryl Costa Can you tell our listeners if they want to know more about what you do, where do they find you? Okay, they don't. Well, okay, that ends that. (laughs) Honest to God, um, we don't want to be found. We really don't. If you want our books, go to Amazon. They have our books exclusively. Uh, You go to Amazon. You do the search tab there for books. And if you put in Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, Costa, C-O-S-T-A, you'll get our UFO books. Uh, The first one is the white one, 2017. It's 2001 to 2015. There's a book up there called The UFO Beat. It's got all my 238 articles from seven years at the newspaper, if you want a good read. And then uh, the new book, it's bright pink. 
and you can flag in an aircraft with this thing. So that's 2001 to 2020, and those are the three ones to get. Looks bright enough to even flag an Uber driver, okay? <laughs> Hey, you can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. For some reason, Facebook does not accept the Paracast.com link. But we're on there with a couple of things. Maybe we're just going to get off that place and give up Facebook. That's it. People tell us that. We have branded merchandise at the Paracast.shop, the Paracast.shop, where we have logos from Randall, from Red Pill Chunky, from our original designer, with great merchandise, T-shirts, throw pillows, everything the Paracast.shop. Check the Paracast.plus for a special subscription package consisting of the After the Paracast podcast where Cheryl will be back to answer some questions about what all those stats mean. We'll get into more deep, dark, and dirty stuff there. And then we have this show, Free of the Network Ads. Go to the Paracast.plus. We have a special deal, such a deal if you use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, when you check out for a lifetime subscription, it's 20% off. The Paracast.plus. Cheryl Costa, always great to have you on. Thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>